God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for what you've given me to teach tonight. And I pray it's everything that you want it to be, that our hearts are open to receive exactly what you want us to. And we take and we learn and we apply it to our lives and to grow in our faith and grow the kingdom for you and with you. Amen. So tonight, I want to talk about maturing as the body of Christ. I know last week we talked about um, like the elementary principles and kind of like where are we at in that of is that a foundation that you need to lay again and if it is then like focusing on that but if not like continue to increase like from there not just stopping at the elementary principles um and so like since then i want to kind of talk about like maturing though which kind of goes in that increase um i want to start off though with hebrews 5 12 through 14 and i know we read this last week but we're going to kind of go a different direction this week with it if you guys would read it all in the esv also for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So we see in here, did Paul write Hebrews, or is it unknown who wrote Hebrews? So whoever wrote Hebrews, <laughs> um, it's just like safe, like, I feel like to be like, oh, Paul wrote yeah. whatever in the New Testament, but like, I don't want to like, you know, what does that give, give credit to where credit's due or whatever. Anyways, whoever wrote Hebrews is calling out um, the people, not just like one person of being like, hey, you should have been a teacher by now, but he's saying like, you all like should have been teachers by now. And so he's like, you have to go back to it. Like, you're having to drink milk again instead of eating solid food. But, like, that solid food is for the maturing. And what it means to be mature is to utilize, like, your powers of discernment and, like, continue to train that up in practicing, like, distinguishing what's good and what's evil. And so kind of furthering... Sorry, my hair is, like, driving me up the wall over here. Um, to further in that, I want to look at Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. So we see in this, like, there is one body, there's one spirit, and one faith. And so if we're going to continue to mature, it's not just individually maturing, but as a whole body, we need to mature because we are one together and one in Christ. Um, and just kind of a side note to begin with, I know, like, if you see the, really see the addresses, like, on the board, it is a lot of, like, big chunks, like, throughout. And we're going to probably, like, pause you as, like, you guys read. 
but a lot of it is there to understand like that context um but also like go and read for yourselves also like continuing to seek further into the context of what the verses that we're reading tonight but to like continue to grow like in that understanding and fullness uh so i want to continue on in ephesians 4 uh ephesians 4 11 through 15 the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, first chunk, we were, like, we're all one body together, one with Christ, one Father, all of that. But in this, we have these spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. It's not just, look, I can see into the future or I can see into whatever you're doing in the dark. Like, These are things to be able to build up the whole body to continue to bring us all into maturity. Not just one person, but the whole body in together. But also, if somebody would um, read like the Hebrews 5 verse again, Just both of them, yeah. Or the last one. Solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So we see, like, in this, that before they were children, and because of that, they were able to just be tossed around by every wind of doctrine. That no matter what kind of came in them, they were like, I say peanut butter and jelly is good they're like okay yeah peanut butter and jelly is good but then like kylie comes around and is like peanut butter and jelly is bad and like oh okay that's bad now and like there's no there's no foundation there's no root in anything just whatever is kind of said is what you follow and so in that we want to be able to distinguish that good from evil we want to know what's god's voice and we want to know what's the enemy's voice and what that truth actually is but we don't want to just know that as individuals, but as a whole body, because we're going to build a foundation together on Christ, not just individualistic. So kind of, how do we do that? How do we attain that? What do we need to be doing as a body um, together? So 2 Peter 1, 3 through 15. His divine power has Brotherly affection with love. For these qualities are yours, and 
and our patients may keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to pause there before we um, continue on the rest of it. I'm going to call in Luke on this one. Hey, Luke, what's a, what's, what are supplements? Supplements <laughs> are anything outside of the regular diet that is added to make up for a deficit or to supply for like a goal. Um, maybe if like you want more protein, you would supplement in extra protein powder. To try to like continue in that like growth. So it's kind of like in addition to like whatever is already there. Is that kind of? Okay. So like in that same way, like our faith is like we have, but then we're going to take these supplements to continue to grow and further our faith as like to grow and further our faith in that. But it's not just to continue to like increase in that, but it's also to keep us from being ineffective or unfruitful. Or like Luke said, if we have a deficit, it's going to help fix that deficit, correct? Improve it? Okay. I didn't, I'm working on it, you know? <laughs> I haven't used my degree in a long time, so. <laughs> trying to, you know. Anyways, but also that, we'll see it in a little bit, um, that word ineffective, is also, in the Greek, the same word as useless. So just kind of keep that in your noggin for a little bit later on. Um, let's keep on reading this passage, though. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an interest into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pause for a second. So, if we lack in these qualities, if we have that deficit, then it's not just like, okay, we don't function as well. Like, we literally forget that we were cleansed from our former sins. Which means, like, we pretty much forget the whole purpose of the cross. Like, a main purpose of it. Like, Jesus died to forgive us of our sins. To cleanse us. To make us into this new creation. And clean us from our old selves. So if we forget that, then we forget our whole foundation, our whole purpose of literally Christianity, why this is even a thing. But if we have those supplements with our faith, then that will cause us to never fall. And like, that's kind of like scary to me, honestly, because like, that's a pretty high standard of like, oh, like, I'm just never gonna like, fall or fail because like all of us are like oh like I feel like in general we all have this like fear of failure of like oh we're just going to do that but then we just also have that expectation of like we're just going to fail like everything we do is just like whatever it's just going to be a mess anyways but like if we actually strive and let those qualities increase and supplement our faith to grow our faith as a body together like we will not fail continue on in the next part. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established with truth that you have, I think it is right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by the way of, a, of reminder, since I know that, putting, that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that my departure, so after my departure, you may be able to at any time 
you may be able to at any time search all these things. Sorry. And then that last part is honestly a big purpose of like tonight. To remind you all of what's there, remind you of these qualities, remind you of that maturity, to increase and grow in that maturity. Because tonight's not about me. It's not about, okay, cool, I have cool things to say sometimes. I know some scriptures. Like, it's not about that. But it's about that a lot of us aren't going to be here in a few years. Like, honestly. Like, a lot of the leadership aren't going to be here. And, like, to take this, to be able to recall at any time, no matter who's around, no matter if you're here and some other people of us are not, or whether you're someplace else, continuing to establish and further the kingdom of God, like, you can remember these things because they're going to continue to be supplemented in your faith. James 2, 17 through 22. So also by faith, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is death. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. So that word useless that I like hinted at earlier is the same as the word ineffective in the Peter verse? No. Peter? Okay. Yeah, in the Peter verse. I like read over it too quickly. Um, So we don't want our faith to just be useless or ineffective. Because if it is, then like, really, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point? And so this isn't to say, like, oh, like, let's go back to the law and just follow all these rules. And like, that's what he's meaning. But it's literally meaning like these works are going to be overflowing because of your faith. You're going to actually have an active faith, not just something of like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I believe in Christ, but like, I'm not going to do anything about it. It's not really changing my life or anything. And like, that's honestly what I think about with like the demons of like, they knew Jesus was the Christ, but like that didn't change their lives. They didn't do anything with that knowledge or understanding. They honestly did the opposite, (laughs) obviously with that of, (laughs) taking people trying to take people away from christ in that i act like that's in the past like that's still a thing today like that wasn't supposed to be in a past thing like that still happens today um and so we want as a body our individual faith but as a faith as a whole to be an active thing and let those qualities that we talked about be activated within our faith so continuing on, 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5, 12 through 23. We ask for others to respect those who labor among you and are, and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their word, to be at peace among yourselves. So pause we'll sec, for a sec. So, cool. So we want to, those who are above you, those who, like the leaders and all of that, like, Respect them, right? Those are good things to do. Like, they admonish you, they esteem you, like, all of those things. Like, love them because of their work for honestly trying to continue to build up this body. 
good things to do, but keep going. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays any anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and, and to everyone. See that no one repays any anyone evil for evil. Sorry. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the whole next part isn't just about the leaders of what they're doing. This is for the whole body to do and act upon. It's not just the leaders who are going to admonish the idols and encourage people and help people and all of that. Like, that is a whole body. Every single member is called to do those things. And in that too, that last part of that way you may be kept, those, like, your spirit, soul, and body Maybe kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I know it's not the word I was going to mention, but the word for mature per, is the same word in Greek for perfect and complete. And so in that same way of like, when I think of like being perfect and complete, like you're also going to be kept like blameless. I know it's not the same word, but like that same concept of continuing in that maturity and growth Romans 16, 17 through 20. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So we see in this, it reminds me of two things that we've already addressed. One of, we want you to be wise in what's good and innocent of what is evil. The sign of the mature in Hebrews 5 was to be able to distinguish between good and evil. But the other thing was those who were still children were tossed to and fro. And so we don't want to be deceived by the people who are off in that. But we also as a body don't want to be these same people. We don't want to just be deceiving people. We don't want our foundation to be something that's not the actual doctrine of Christ. And I think back to, again, 2 Peter, I don't remember, the second Peter passage of forgetting that you were cleansed from your sins. Like, again, that is our foundation, like, of the cross. And, like, Jesus dying for us is, like, pretty much our whole foundation, not our whole foundation, but, like, a pretty big, like, the rock of it. And so if we're off on that, we're not going to be maturing. We are going to be deceived. We are going to... Um, be tossed around in that, and we're not going to know what's good and what's evil. But also we need to guard ourselves in that 
and watch out for that and watch out for is that a question? Yeah, I got a question. So, um, you know, just let's say hypothetically that we went to a Bible study that met somewhere. Um, uh, off campus. No, let's go ahead on campus. That's fine. And and they taught something that was a little bit contrary to what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like I should avoid them based on this verse. Do you agree with that? No. Why not? Well, if you'll be patient, we'll kind of get to the idea of testing spirits in that. I guess I'll just wait. Okay. Continue on. Second Corinthians 6, 1. We're going to read this verse first by itself, but then go back and read kind of like the context that happens right before it. Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So we don't want to receive God's grace in vain, but what is the then? How do we do that? Like, how do we work together with him in that? So 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 6 through 1, to understand kind of like that whole context. And the reason we go back so much is because there's a lot of <laughs> therefores within it. So like it's good to ask like what it's there for. So, yeah, someone will read that. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might not might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died <laughs> sorry somebody else forgot <laughs> for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this that one has died for all therefore all have died and he died for all, that those who might li- those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For, for for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with, with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. <laughs> Thank you for both of you for reading that. Um, so there's several different things to kind of look at in here. 
Um, again, like the first part of it is kind of what we've been heading at of Christ died for us. And so like we can live for him now because he made us a new creation in that. Cleanse us from our old self. But then this next part of Christ reconciled us back to him, but then not just, again, like that individualistic thing, but he entrusted us with this ministry of reconciliation to bring others back to him as a whole body, to being able to function in that. But then also the piece of righteousness that he made us righteous through that death and resurrection that he did. And that part of maturing, um, do you still have that verse up, Kylie? I think it's, yeah. Will you read? Yeah, it might be the verse. We read 13. 13. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Yeah, so everybody who's unskilled in the word of righteousness, whatever, I don't remember. My short term memory lost me on that one. Since he is a child. Okay, (laughs) so in that maturing, like, we're maturing in the righteousness that, like, God made us to be. It's not our own righteousness, but God that he gave us and deemed us because of Christ's death for us. But in that, we have grace because of that. And we don't want that grace to just be in vain, to not be used for anything. And so keeping that in mind, let's continue on of reading 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 10. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So it's that grace that was working within Paul to continue to mature him and further him into the calling that God entrusted him with. But if we don't act upon that faith, don't act upon that grace, it is just useless, and then we make that grace in vain that God gave us. So kind of bringing that all back in mind of as a body, like what does that mean? Just kind of why in all of that? I want to look at John 17, 20 through 23. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, and that they may become perfectly one, so the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you love me. So again, that idea of bringing back into unity, we're all one with Christ because of his love. And so kind of focusing in like on that love aspect of us maturing, uh, I want to look at Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves, while each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So, we're called to be 
of the same mind and having the same love. And that mind isn't just one that, like, it's not just my mind. It's like, oh, it just conformed to me. But it's Christ's mind, to put on Christ's mind. And if we all do that, then we will be in unity with one another. But also having the same love. Like, what is that? Is that just, like, the I love ice cream kind of love? Or, like, like what, what is that? And I want to look further than that in First John 4, verses 7 through 13. Or 7 through 17, excuse me. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God has sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No... No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. If you'll pause one second. Again, that like idea of perfection, that same word, perfect and mature, is the same in the Greek. So we want to be maturing, we want to be perfecting. And how do we do that? Through God's love. Continue on. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So again, so he's given us uh, his spirit to testify to the Father and just confess who Christ is. And if we have his love, we're also abiding with Christ in that, to be perfected with one another in his love, so that on that day of judgment, we are deemed like with him in that, but as we walk in this world, we walk with his spirit, walk with his love. Because in the... Sorry. In the John 17 one, like, that's what he... That's Jesus' prayer to God, like, before he was arrested. Like, a little bit of time before he was arrested. But of that, of, like, listen, like, you sent me here, and, like, I'm yours. But also, like, let these disciples become yours, too. And that they may act in the same way that I did, and that they may be received honestly in the same way that I was, so that those who are gods will receive them as those as gods, but those who are of the world will <laughs> treat them in the same way that they treated Jesus. So, what do we do with that love, though? And why does that continue to matter? And this will kind of get at Luke's little bit too. First John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you who are from God, 
and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So in that love, I know like I read, had them read like flipped, like how it is like in the letter, but like that love is like where it started to be able to even kind of get to having and like receiving that spirit because out of God's love, he gave his son to die for us. And then out of that, he gave us his spirit to know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. But we don't just go again like, with every wind of doctrine, to be going around just like whatever anybody says is saying like, oh, that's, they put the name Christian on it, then that must be true. But we need to test everything that we hear. And often the best way like to do that is like going to the scriptures in that. And so, yeah, you might go to a Bible study that might completely sound contrary to what you grew up in. Does that mean you just completely say like oh this is this is wrong because it's not what I heard growing up but test it of being like okay are they just pulling things out of context are they just speaking to what they want things to sound but also from what you heard growing up is it in that same manner of was that what I was taught was I taught what people just wanted to hear was I deceived in that and was able to just be tossed to and from that but being able to test with the scriptures and with the spirit of God through the scripture to distinguish what is that truth. Do you have something, Kai? Where was the verse that said um, from what you were taught? Is it, in, is it in Corinthians? Is it in one of the like handful of things from Corinthians? Can you? The one Luke asked the question on. Oh. 16, 17, 24. Romans? Okay. It's this one. Paul wrote it. It's this one. Um, so something, Luke says this a lot, and so I'm just going to steal it. Uh, the Bible wasn't written to us, and I think we take out of context sometimes. Like, of it's contrary to what I learned. Paul wrote this to people. He knew what they were taught, but like, he could trust what they were taught. And so I think to put two things in this, a good way to test every spirit, test everything, test what is good, know what's good, know what's evil, and to be innocent of evil. Is what you were taught that you're thinking of its contrary? Does that much match what Paul knew they were taught? But Paul also writes to the Galatians and tells them, if anybody, even myself, even an angel from God, teaches a different doctrine, a different gospel than this, let them be accursed. And so I think to answer Luke's question, I can find that scripture. I'm pretty sure it's in the beginning of Galatians. Like I think it's in the first chapter, maybe near the middle end, middle beginning. I don't know. But to answer that, like I think we need the testing. We need to talk about what that looks like, and we need to know what the Spirit of God looks like. But in that, you can't assume because it had the name of Christ on it that that's enough. We have to be mature enough to not be tossed. And you don't know if you were mature enough to have not been tossed by the first doctrine you heard and the only doctrine you heard for a lot of us because uh, honestly like as kids in our culture at least like you just go wherever your parents go and you probably just stick there mm-hmm. and you also might learn great things I had things that I panicked over like 
oh my goodness, I think I know this, and I don't even know if it's scripture, because I've realized what if I was tossed by doctrine. And then like, oh, that doctrine's sound, but you still have to like test what you've learned. Mm-hmm. I think too, kind of just like backing that off one more of like in the is it Second Corinthians? The Second Corinthians five. You don't have to read it. No, you don't have to read it. Um but just like in that of like we could have just read Second Corinthians six one, but like it doesn't completely like that's like the key point of like for tonight at least like in this teaching. But like to take that time of being like, okay, but like what does that mean? Like why is this here? What does the then mean? And then continuing going back of really like, okay, there's a therefore. Continuing going back, like there's like five therefores or so in there. And I think like that Yeah. And like that maturity of aspect of it of like taking the time to actually read, but taking the time to pray about what you're reading and like letting the spirit like speak and reveal things to you. Because like you can read your Bible and not be changed by it. Like my uncle is an atheist. He reads the Bible. He reads the Bible with the intention to prove God doesn't exist and this is all just a conspiracy and all, like not true. But, like, we read the Bible and our life has changed, but the difference is because we have the Spirit of God. And to be able to grow in that maturity to distinguish that truth from error as this verse phrases it. So continuing on, Galatians 4, 8 through 9. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? How can you turn back to once was, where you once were before? I think in the same way of like rebuilding the law, or like using your freedom just to sin again. Like, going back to the way your old self was, but you still are that new creation. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So how do we live in this world to mature as a body of Christ. We can't be conformed to the patterns of the world. We have to continue to renew our mind, but not just renew our minds in ourselves, but renew it to the mindset of Christ. And as we do that, we can carry out God's will because we'll understand what God's will is, and we can go into that maturity of being able to distinguish what is good and what's evil. Colossians 1, 9-14. And so... We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share an inheritance of the saints in light. 
He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you stressed me out. I was like, there's nothing else. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All that or just the last sentence? Just the last sentence. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I think that period just like got knocked off or something. Um, <laughs> um yeah. So in this, like Paul wrote Colossians. Got a yes from Molly. I've got a thumbs up and a yes from Molly. <laughs> if it's wrong, it's Molly's fault. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if it's wrong, it's all of our fault. No, I know. I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, in this, like, but honestly, like, in this letter, like, whether it was Paul who wrote it or not, like, it says, like, we have not ceased to pray for you. So it's, like, the body that's, like, been teaching the Colossians and, like, writing this anyways, like, they have not stopped praying for Colossals. It is Colossians? Colossi. Well, that's what I was saying. Timothy. I thought it was more than that, but it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I just scrolled up. <laughs> Anyway, so Paul and Timothy are praying for the Colossians in this. But so that way they actually walk in that manner worthy of the Lord. That they walk in a way that's bearing bearing fruit for that, but in that maturity that their fruit is actually growing to the mature. It's not just kind of like what do you call it? Like, uh, ineffective and unfruitful? Yeah, ineffective and unfruitful. So there's that. Or like even just like kind of doing it, but like it's not like in its fullness in that. But like the ineffective and unfruitful, like taking it back to the Second Peter verse also. Um, but also like that aspect of like Christ and God are the ones who have qualified us to inherit, like to this inheritance of the saints or like of the body in light who is the God it's not anything that we've qualified ourselves it's not because I had went to college to get a chemistry degree like that didn't suit me up for this like <laughs> just saying like it's not by worldly qualifications that allows us to carry out any of this but it's because God qualified for us because he brought us out of darkness into that light he made us from an old creation to the new creation and he doesn't want us to forget that he cleansed us from those sins Colossians 1 24 through 29 now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up with what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known the 
mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is in Christ, in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So just kind of tying it all back around of I want to present every one of you maturing Christ. I want this body to continue to grow in that maturity and to be presented by Christ as mature. And in this group, and as Christians, it's so easy to just become very individualistic. Just to say, like, oh, like, this is what I need to do, this is whatever, this is how it benefits me, whatever. And absolutely, there's individual work that, like, needs to happen. There's individual maturing that needs to happen. But that is going to come out of the corporate, the body. And yes, are there always going to kind of be, like, as we grow as a group, like, honestly, more of just, like, in numbers in that aspect, like, as we grow, like, numerically as a group, like, there's always going to be immature, like, around us. But, like, in the same way, like, that's kind of, like, how a tree functions. You know what I mean? Like, the bigger a tree gets, whether it's, like, dropping saplings around and, like, the little trees are growing up, like, they have to start somewhere. Like, they can't just be a big, sturdy tree, like, right off the bat. Like, it has to grow those roots, or otherwise it's not going to be a healthy tree if it doesn't have that. But, like, in this, like, the core of this group can reach maturity. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be immature that's going to come. Like, that's also just, again, part of, like, the walk. Like, we've all been there. Like, we all had to start with milk. But it's not staying there. But as a body, as people continue to come in and as people, as God continues to call us places, call us to do and act upon things, like, this body as a whole needs to continue to mature in that. And I honestly believe, like, that's what God's waiting for, is for this body to continue to go into that maturity, for us to mature in Christ. And so what I want to end it on is I want to actually talk in, like, large group discussion of where is this body in that maturing process? What is, what is lacking What do we need to continue to focus in on to continue to function properly as a body, supplying one another and walking in to that matureness of Christ?